Welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. I'm Peter Bregman, your host and CEO of Bregman Partners. This podcast is part of my mission to help you get massive traction on the things that matter most. With us today on the Bregman Leadership Podcast is Vishen Lakhiani. He is a very influential personality in personal growth. He's the founder and CEO of Mind Valley, which is a 200-person strong company that specializes in learning experience design. And he has written a, a very interesting book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, 10 Unconventional Laws to Redefine Your Life and Succeed on Your Own Terms. Vishen and I have spoken in the past. He is full of energy with some really interesting thoughts on how to reshape the way we look at the world and our experience of the world. Vision, welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Hi, Peter. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So, Vision, tell us why you wrote The Code of the Extraordinary Mind and maybe your personal story. What happened to you in life that you discovered that uh, some new ways of thinking would be useful and important for you? Well, I often hear from people that today's education has failed them. I mean, we went to a school that taught us a very specific linear path to what they defined as success. But if you really look at the world today, most people are, are, are not truly successful. I mean, they are struggling. We, have, we, we live in a world where one third of Americans, according to the CDC, are clinically obese, where half of marriages end in divorce, where most so many people live in debt. And so I don't think schools were really prepared to teach us the things that truly live, lead, lead to human happiness and fulfillment. And I got obsessed with a new type of learning, and, and that is basically personal growth. Now, what happened was way back in 2002, I, following the conventional model of success, had moved to Silicon Valley. I was a computer engineer, and I had these dreams to start a dot-com company, to, to make my first million, to raise VC funding and get this phenomenal new app idea out to the world. And very soon, reality hit me. And sometime in 2002, I found myself broke. I'd lost all my money. The dot-com bubble had burst, and I was actually renting a sofa in Berkeley, California, trying to make ends meet. And so I can't remember what was going on at that time, but um, I got online on Google, and I searched for an answer. I searched for hope, and what I discovered was a class on meditation. So I flew to L.A., I took this class, and... I came back to my life in the Bay Area where I had my dead-end job. I was trying to you know, rebuild my life after losing all my savings and my failed attempt as an entrepreneur. And my dead-end job was basically dialing for dollars. I had to pick up the phone and call up law firms and sell them on case management software. And it was a horrible, horrible, horrible job. But what I found is that after experiencing these classes on meditation, I could get back in my job and I would just kick ass, Peter. I mean, in one week, within one week of taking that class, I doubled my sales. And four months later, I'd been promoted three times. I was made director of sales at the company at the age of 26, even though I had come in with hardly any experience. And I credit that with learning to use meditation, learning to use creative visual growth tools that I started getting obsessed with. So I learned to use these personal growth tools to accelerate every aspect of my life, of my career, of my happiness levels. 
you know, when, when I actually think about the situation that you're in, where you were in at the time, which is that you were struggling and you weren't sure what to do next. And in, in for many go-getters, and, and I would put you in this category of go-getter, right? You're someone who's sort of actively engaged in the world. Mm-hmm. The idea of just sitting and meditating, which is really sitting and, and being present but not acting, is counterintuitive. And it's counterintuitive that sitting and, and what some people would think of as do nothing is actually just the thing that's going to propel your career. So could you share with us a little bit about how, how the meditation translated to the kind of success that you had? Well, it was a number of different techniques. So the class I had taken back then, and again, there are, there are many different personal growth classes. I was exploring a number, but one particular class was a really old methodology called the Silva method. And it taught you not just how to meditate, but um, they called it active meditation. So in your meditation, you would practice tools such as self-hypnosis so that you could change belief systems. You would practice creative visualization. You would see problems disappear and yourself moving towards goals. You would practice auto-suggestion. Um, and the, the, the most mysterious of all was you would tap into your intuition. And this was the one that I found was had a really mysterious impact on sales. Now, I know some people may not believe this, so I can only tell you what I experienced. Whether you decide that this is purely coincidental or this is real is up to the listener. But in my job, okay, so we had to go to the San Francisco Public Library, check out the yellow pages, and then I had to call every lawyer in, in my designated city. So my city was San Antonio, Texas. I had to check out the San Antonio yellow pages, call every lawyer from A to Z for that particular week. And then the next week, they would assign me to a different city, right? Now, after this class, what I would do is rather than randomly call the lawyers in order of their name, I would simply look at every name, run my finger down the yellow pages, and I would feel a hunch of who I had to call. And just following these hunches double my sales. It literally doubled my sales overnight. And so I just stopped the linear A to Z method and I would go within, go into a meditative level of mind, run my finger down the yellow pages, call the names for which I felt something, a simple hunch. So that was just one technique. But um, um, if, you really honest, if, you wanted, if you wanted me to be honest, that was what was going on. So you were, you were, you, you had a sense, you allowed your, um, sort of rational Excel spreadsheet mind to quiet and you looked at the list and you looked at a name and you thought for some reason you felt I'm going to call this name. And then that made a really big difference. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Now, and and that was just one application. Okay. So, So there was another application. I had bad skin. The dermatologist couldn't heal my skin. And I'd had this problem for five years. My skin just kept erupting in pimples. Now, again, learning these methods I, I, and reading the books I read, I learned that the skin is the organ of the body most susceptible to hypnosis and that you can hypnotize yourself. So I would go within and I would visualize while in the state of meditation, we visualize my skin healing. And in five weeks, I healed my skin and my acne, which had been with me for five years, just stopped. So that was just another example of the type of success I was having. And this is what it was these successes that 
made me so motivated to start a company in personal growth because I thought, well, there's obviously a massive education gap here that somebody needs to fill. So you you talk about a meditation method that you've developed, and I'm sort of jumping to the punchline here a little bit, but it's the sort of six-phase meditation process. Right. And, and I thought it was interesting, and I would love for you to share it with our listeners. Absolutely. So, so now let's go forward 10 years from my experience um, in that sales job. I had 200 employees, um, 3 million um, people learning from our various apps and, and online academies. And my meditation practice had now expanded. It had, it had turned into something so much more beautiful than what I had initially started out with. And because Mindvalley was publishing some 200 authors, I had the benefit of learning from a lot of really phenomenal mentors. So I wanted to develop my own meditation. Now, here's the thing about me, right? And maybe some of your listeners might feel the same way. I am your stereotypical ADD entrepreneur. Like my brain is perpetually firing. I, I, I almost flunked out of college because I, my instructor spoke too slow. When I watch YouTube videos, any type of YouTube speech, I watch it on double speed. And so you can imagine what on earth is going on in my brain. And traditional meditation just had never worked for me. So the sixth phase is based on the principle of active versus passive meditation. And honestly, many entrepreneurs, many people who say, I just cannot meditate, they love this because it's not about clearing your mind. It's not about trying to just focus on your breath. It's not about trying to just relax. All of that happens. Your mind does get more still. You do occasionally might start by focusing on your breath, but that's when the fun begins. You go into six phases of thoughts, which I call transcendent practices. Transcendent meaning they take you away from the physical world and get you to think about what's going on within. And these six phases through numerous studies to actually elevate one's performance. Now, the first phase is simply a phase that, that, that I developed based on compassion meditation practices. A lot of this is, is used in Buddhism. So in this phase, you feel yourself connected to all life and the entire planet. And science has actually shown that the, that the specific um, act of compassion meditation actually creates kinder human beings. When you go forth in the world, you're actually nicer and kinder to people, and you're more you're more immune to criticism or you're immune to someone cutting you off in traffic or a rude waiter. It just doesn't jar you as much. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly what that face looks like because you can Google six face and you will find so many lectures and videos. Or you can get Mindvalley's Omvana app and the six face comes with it. And you can just listen and the app will guide you through it. So I'm just going to give an overall overview and it's freely available all over the internet. Just search for six-phase vision Makhiani. Okay, now the first phase, as I said, is a compassion meditation practice with its roots in Buddhism. And it takes only two minutes. Then we go on to phase two. Now, phase two is based on another really, really, really powerful scientific practice, and that is gratitude. Now, gratitude, according to numerous studies, is the number one characteristic of anybody that is most associated with well-being. So all human characteristics, gratitude has the highest correlation with well-being, according to a recent 2015 study. For your personal life, for your work life, and for yourself. Many people forget the self-gratitude. 
you express gratitude for you know being so freaking fit or having such a big heart or being such a wonderful father that's phase two then we go on to phase three now phase three is based on another scientifically validated practice and this is forgiveness so science has shown that when you forgive your heart health increases studies have shown that forgiveness leads to better in endurance um, another study showed that forgiveness leads to people being able to jump higher vertically, which I guess has some implications in basketball. But it's amazing what forgiveness does for the body. It actually seems to improve your body's performance, but also your heart health. But it also creates a state in mind where you feel more peaceful and connected to the world around you and less of a victim. So third phase, I forgive someone from my past. Now, that's the first three phases. Now, the first three phases are all associated with present state feelings of um, happiness, peace, and forgiveness, right? But now we go to the second part of the sixth phase, and this is about your future vision. You see, here's my problem with regular meditation. Often regular meditation is all about being happy in the now. It's all about being peaceful. But there's a large number of us who while we are happy, we want to do more in the world. We are the, the achievers, the strivers, the builders, the, the, the makers. And sometimes meditation seems counter to that. And so in space four, five, and six, you're focused on what you're going to bring forth into the world as part of your mission, as part of your purpose, as part of your creative pursuit. Now, phase four is simply creative visualization. I see my life three years ahead and I see what I would like to have in my life three years ahead. And I feel the feelings of joy for having those now. So I might see the new office space I want to move my team into. I might see that new book I want to write. And I, and I feel the pleasure of being in that space, of completing the book and handing it to my publisher. So that's phase four. Now phase five is where, given your three-year goal, you see today unfold perfectly for you. And so in phase five, I now bring my attention to what's going to happen today. And I see this day unfold beautifully in a series of different moments. There's the moment of me driving to work. Great. I see myself having an incredible drive, great music, a wonderful podcast, free trap, no traffic. Then I see the moment of getting to work and joining in my morning scrum with my team. I see incredible ideas emerging. Um, everyone is friendly. People are excited. We are gung-ho about the new project that's emerging. I see my lunch and having a phenomenal meal, really bonding with whoever my lunch partner is that day and so on. And I see this all the way till the day ends and it's time for me to go to bed. So I see every moment in my day unfold perfectly. And, you know, this too has been scientifically validated. And, and what they found is that when you set these intentions for your day to unfold perfectly, when you do go through your day, when you do go, you are less likely to notice on the bad incident, like say the waiter messing up your order, but to then remember and focus on the good incident, such as the ambiance or the quality of your company. So that's phase five. And finally, I go to phase six. Now, phase six is the only one that has not yet been validated by science. Phase six, however, is interesting because it comes from humanity's religious beliefs. And religious beliefs, you know, um, suggest that we often feel better 
when we believe that there is a higher power looking after us. So you don't have to be religious, but in phase six, you simply state a prayer or you ask for guidance or support from whatever higher power you believe in. And if you're an atheist, you might say an affirmation or speak to your own inner self and ask for support and 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 um, to be motivated and charged up for whatever goal you're going to pursue that day. So that's phase six. Now, when you put it all together, you have a meditation practice that is not about clearing your mind, but it's about actively engaging what you seek to accomplish in life and what makes you happy and focusing on these things on meditation practice. So is there a role in, in the meditation practice for clearing your mind or just focusing on the breath? Is, do you do that before? Or do you do that after? Or is that really not a part of the practice? You get the same benefits. You see, if you really look at meditation and you try to break it down into what's going on, right? What's going on is that your brainwave states are changing. Now, the simplistic model is that you're going from beta waking frequency to alpha to theta, which is deep meditation. But it's actually a little bit more complex than that. There are around 50 different brainwave frequencies right now, not not frequencies, sorry, 50 different elements of your brain, of, of, the, of the, the, the electrical waves in your brain that scientists now measure from, um, um, from alpha amplitude to waking delta states to waking theta states to brain coherence. And so I think we are still, as as humankind goes, we are still trying to put together this map. But what we found is that whether you clear your mind and focus on your breathing, or you're relaxed and you think of something you're grateful for, or you're relaxed and you think about someone you want to forgive, you are getting phenomenal benefits. And so people tend to think of meditation as being a particular act of focusing on your breath and clearing your mind. That's not true. It's not true anymore. Meditation is so much larger than that. We don't truly understand it, but there are different approaches for different folks. And my approach actually keeps me extremely relaxed, extremely peaceful. I do not, but I do not seek to focus on my breath, nor do I even think that that is necessary. And is there anything else that people need to know to try this? Because I think it's really interesting, and I think it's, you know, it, it, as, as the Buddha said that, uh, or, you know, I didn't hear him say it, but as I've heard that he said, which is, you know, don't take my word for it. Try it, really. Just sit and, right. and, and do the meditation and, and see the impact on you. So, so to the extent that um, we can take belief out of it, and you were sort of saying earlier, you know, I don't know if people are going to believe this or not, but this is the truth. This is what happened for me. Um, if we take belief out of it, what we want to say to listeners is try it and see, see you know, for yourself. And, and my question to you is, if we want to put this to the test, in a sense, how long should they try it for? What, what, you know, how long should the meditation last? How many days should they do it before they, begin to, before they can begin to expect some kind of shift or change that they can use to evaluate it? Sure. So, so again, six-phase, if you're new to meditation, six-phase is something that you, you're not going to just jump into it and, 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 and do it right. Now, some people will get it right, but if you want to maximize your odds of success, what I suggest you do is that um, I released a free course on this meditation. I believe, <laughs> I, I, I think the URL is mindvalley.com forward slash extraordinary. And uh, if you go to mindvalley.com forward slash extraordinary, it is right there. I believe you can log in. Um, there's also, if you 
in my book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I believe there's a passcode that lets you get this free course. Now, what happens in the course is that I guide you from day one to day six. And each day we increase the complexity just a little bit so you become really familiar with it. And so if someone is interested in experiencing this and going through it, just go to mindvalley.com forward slash extraordinary and you'll get the free digital course that accompanies the book. And I believe chapter 11 of this digital course is all about the sixth phase and it guides you through the entire process. Great. Vishen, thank you so much for sharing your book with us and sharing this idea with us. The, the meditation. It's certainly worth a try and, and to sort of experiment with it. And, and we'll put that link in our show notes as well. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the Bregman Leadership Podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. For more information about the Bregman Leadership Intensive, as well as access to my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit peterbregman.com. Thank you to Claire Marshall for producing this episode and to Brian Wood, who created our music. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next great conversation.